the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Some people ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us for the Bible Live broadcast this Sunday evening. We're so glad that you're out there. Thank you for joining us and letting us be a part of your evening. Uh, Stacy, my daughter, is with me here, and we are ready to get into our discussion of this amazing book of Isaiah in the Scriptures. We started the book mm-hmm. last, the week before last. Yeah. And we introduced, uh, to some degree, a very volatile, tumultuous time in the history of Israel. And we'll talk more in detail about that as we get into our, our discussion of the book itself. But we want to tell you right off the bat that you'd like, if you'd like to be a part of the program this evening, you can always just give us a call, 210-340-9585, 210 Eight, five, and you can uh, ask about not just the book of Isaiah. It, perhaps you have another question from the scriptures or about the scriptures or about what it means to know and walk with God. We, we're, we're just uh, ready to take your call, let you share, open your heart, and uh, share your life experience uh, w- with us as well. And we'll be glad to hear. It'll be a, an encouragement to everyone. So uh, make note of the number. We'll give the number out more times during the program. But we want you to feel welcome to be a part of the Bible Live broadcast. Now, the Bible Live, uh, you want to tell them about the Bible Live, Stacey? Do you, uh, sure. About well. how where they can find it, what yeah. they can do, and what the program is all about? I would be happy to. Good, good. <laughs> well, you can find it. I'll uh, take a nap. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> go ahead and rest. And, um, well, let's see. You can go to thebiblelive.com or just biblelive.com. And uh, on the menu, click on Programs. And then uh, the schedule, and it'll have all of uh, the last weeks, last months, last year. It has the whole archive of the readings, but um, the most recent on top. Um, also on the main homepage of the website, it has the week's readings. And so that's a quicker find if that's easier for you. There- to say it. <laughs> and it's true, he does a really good job on the commentary, especially. It's not long at all. He does a great quick synopsis of each of the books and the worship um, and wisdom section of the readings as well. So the Psalms and the Proverbs. And uh, I always glean so much just from, from that. And then the music is really great. Um, so those readings are, are wonderful. 
And if you miss a day during the week, then you can just uh, you can binge you can binge listen at the end of the week and just do all five days if you want. But um, yeah, so that's on the website. This is our twenty first. This is well, I our twenty first. Our twenty first time. My, I cannot take that credit. This is Father's twenty first year of reading the scriptures. Uh, this is my second year, oh, so I have a little bit of catching up. Well, honey, <laughs> but, I am so glad to have you on the air with me and uh, helping out oh, as we thanks. we talk about. <laughs> the scriptures and and response to them i it's so funny in my own life i i started providentially i mean just a blessing from god has nothing to do with merit or anything but i started at age seven or eight memorizing scripture and i went through a bible memory program for 10 years i memorized by the time i was 12 or 13 i finished the the uh youth uh the youth division, uh, division, division, yeah, and then I did five more. I finished all of the adult division. It, it was just providential that I got to start when I was so young. Uh, the chaplain at the boys' ranch where I was raised didn't know the rules, and so when he recruited people to mem- that wanted to memorize scripture, the first year there were only eight of us that completed the whole mm-hmm. thing. The first year you 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 memorize about. I'd say about 180 verses a year. Wow. And and so you do that in in 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. You have 12 weeks to memorize them. And uh I I finished the course and he and we got to go to a week at a camp in Louisiana. And when we got there and that we were registering into the camp, they said you can't be here. Oh no. You have to you have to be 13 years oh. older than 12 over 12. You have to be 13 before you can be uh, eligible to be here but then the chaplain talked to him and said well he's already here we can't take him back i mean a long long trip home and and they said okay and by the time the week was over they decided to make me the exception to the rule and they said well yeah as long as he can do the work we'll let him come back and so i memorized for 10 years and it just just an incredible blessing uh who was that through the um um what what who did that? Who who was that through? Well, there was a, there was an organization called Bi- Bible Memory Association. I don't even know if it exists anymore. Yeah. Doctor Wojcik was the head of it, Bible Memory Association, mm, and they had a Bible memory plan for youth, and then five years, and then five years to that by the time I finished high school. So it was just an incredible blessing, uh, honestly. That and. And even life at the ranch, they taught us the scriptures. Oh, we we played Bible baseball. We had Bible sword <laughs> drills. We played Bible tic-tac-noe. We all kinds of Bible games consistently, constantly every week. You know, you could sign up for chapel activities. And so we were taught the scriptures so thoroughly. And when we went to this camp, they had for us uh, the minor prophets, and it was they just had remarkable. The minor prophets? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they brought in the minor. They, prophets. they brought in the minor prophets. <laughs> you know, oh, Amos, he was the best one. <laughs> but no, no, they, they taught us about the minor prophets and about his Daniel and, and so on. It was just amazing teaching. So by the time I left high school, I thoroughly, thoroughly uh, steeped in the scriptures. Uh, of course. I still didn't have, uh, you, know, you know, the the Bible is a funny thing. You you learn it first on one level. Mm-hmm. You learn the easier concepts, the broader concepts. Just you learn the, dates the books, and the, names, the dates, even. the names, mm-hmm. and so on. 
And then I think it's over now 50 years of ministry that, in my case, a little little bit more because I was in church ministry before I joined the staff of Campus Crusade. But answering questions constantly from young men and women who who want it to make sense. I I talked to 125 young men and women this morning in in a class Mm -hmm. at, at Lackland Air Force Base. And I gave them, um, we were a little bit ahead in our schedule, so I gave them 30 minutes of just Q&A, uh-huh. just whatever. Man, they asked the greatest, best questions, deep questions about about God, God's nature, about the Trinity, about sin, about heaven and hell, about mm-hmm. uh, the Holy Spirit, about our experience. And it was just such a delight to to answer and share with them and help give them a Thoroughly biblical, mm-hmm. but but uh, some things we have to compare passage with passage and get the overall mm-hmm. understanding. And uh, it was just a real delight to do that. And and I, I love doing that here on the radio as well. We have folks that call in from time to time with a question about the scriptures and about what it means, about how it works. I was always one that likes to know how things work, Stace. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. uh, are you I that way? It. I'm wondering if uh-huh. you were the boy's. Um, Scott is definitely that way. No, <laughs> is he? And Sean, too. Yeah, and Sean, too, for that matter. They, mm-hmm. I remember Sean, you, one of his first things he did was take the telephone apart. We I had, that. We had a telephone, and he had a radio, and he decided to get... This was long before the technology we have today. This was back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Sean wanted to figure out, how can I get... He had an... Uh, uh, an alarm radio that turned on at a certain time. You could tell it when to turn on. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to he wanted to record it. And so remember he he got in it he got into the inner workings of the two machines. We had an old tape recorder mm-hmm. that he used and he learned how to wire the radio to the tape recorder. So, what, Adventures in Odyssey, maybe? Adventures in Odyssey is what he was <laughs> wanting to get. And so while he was at school, his radio would come on and the tape recorder would start and he would have that. Genius. Ad- that, oh, yeah. It's just, it, it, kind of. I've always been a little bit like that. I want to know how things work. How does uh, all these questions, deep questions about the scriptures, you know, how? Do they have answers, or we just have to say, well, you know, best thing, you know, this or that, some, mm-hmm. uh, and um, so that that's been my my passion all through the years as I made disciples here in in other parts of the world and so on, uh, to answer those kind of questions, and I and I think uh, it's just so so wonderful to do. This is just such an amazing book. Mm-hmm. The book of Isaiah is just astounding. He was a remarkable individual. We'll talk about tonight his his testimony. He gives his personal testimony of how he's his call to ministry is in chapter six. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He, he said, I saw, what does that mean? I mm-hmm. saw the Lord. Uh, he had a vision of God and his goodness and his greatness and his power and his sovereignty. And it just shook him to the core. And uh, it's it, it just amazing. We'll look, look at that. And Isaiah is easily divided into 39 books in the first section and in uh, 27 books in the New Testament, 27. The first 39 books are his issuing warnings and uh, inviting and encouraging the people of 
uh, particularly the people of Judah in the south. Now, it was halfway during Isaiah's ministry that in 722 uh, B.C., that is when Assyria conquered the ten northern tribes. Uh, Isaiah exercised his ministry from 740 before Christ to 686, that's 54 years, and took the 10 northern tribes into exile, never to return. So much of the first 39 chapters are warnings both to Assyria, to Moab, to Babylon, and, and, and primarily to, to uh, Israel in the north and Judah in the south, warnings and t- you know, telling you're, you're going to face God's judgment. He's going to take you. You're going to. And, of course, he cites the book of Leviticus where God promises that if you forsake me, if you forsake our covenant. Most people who read the Bible are familiar with the four Gospels of the New Testament, the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But fewer are acquainted with what is called the Gospel of Isaiah. Uh, Though this book was written hundreds of years before Jesus' birth, no other book in the Old Testament presents such clear, uh, just crystal clear, compelling predictions and prophecies about the the salvation to come through the servant of the Lord, Jesus the Messiah. Uh, Isaiah clearly outlines the the salvation through transformation of God's people, that God has committed himself not only to give us forgiveness, but to empower us to change and transform our lives to live as we ought. And and so Isaiah is the the longest of the Old Testament prophets uh, and uh, prophetic books, and he's widely regarded as probably the most beautiful written, although that's that's a pretty stiff competition. And the most theologically profound, his comes in on the the salvation of God, not just the salvation of Israel from Assyria or from Babylon. Mm -hmm. Now, they are attacked by Assyria. Judah is attacked during his book. Uh, Mm -hmm. They come down from the north, but they are delivered. God delivers them from 185,000 Assyrian troops. And they are delivered from them. It's a remarkable story. We'll look at that this evening as well, I believe, in our in our review and our commentary. Uh, the 66 chapters are divided, similar fashion as the Bible itself. As I said, 66 books, uh, 39 Old Testament books, 27 New Testament. And so the, the book of Isaiah can be divided that way as well. The first 39 chapters directed toward Judah for her failure to be to be faithful to God and to fulfill their part of the covenant to represent God to the nations around them to live for God to worship God and God alone and they just didn't do it but God kept his side of the covenant and 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 part of that was that he would discipline his people uh, but the last 27 chapters, uh, you'll find, you'll even see it when we get to it, the whole tone in chapter 40. Uh, so the last 27 chapters are a message of consolation and of restoration. God's commitment to them will prevail in spite of the exile, in, in spite of being deported to another country and taken out of the land. So it, though Israel's sins were like scarlet, after the washing of the Lord, they would be white as snow. Now, there's some really important principles in the book, uh, Stacey. The three, I, I, I guess, that come out: mm-hmm. God as judge. We God, we see God uh, in the book of Isaiah 
He is judge of the nations, a righteous, just judge uh, who is fair in all his ways. And yet it involves it, inj- it involves condemnation and people reaping the consequences of their of their rebellion and their actions. So. Uh, God had warned them. He had told Israel that what would happen if they rejected him. And uh, um, back way back in the book of, uh, of Genesis uh, in Deuteronomy in Moses' speeches that he makes before they go into the promised land, he said, you will watch as your sons and daughters are taken away as slaves. Your heart will, bro- will eat the crops that you worked so hard to grow. You will suffer under constant oppression and harsh treatment. And that's found in Deuteronomy 28, 32-33. So God's warnings to them as the people go way back mm-hmm. uh, before God. God always warns ahead of judgment. There's always warning. And, and if we can learn to heed God's warnings, what a difference that would make. So we see God as judge. We see God as healer. Uh, in Isaiah 40, uh, they reveal the healing character of, of God who wounds he wounds his people, but he brings healing, comfort. Her sad days are gone, and her sins are pardoned. Yes, the Lord has punished her twice, twice over for all her sins in chapter 40, verses 1 and 2. So we see God as healer in our lives as well, which is a great, great concept. And finally, I would say as servant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I think, famously, we think of. Uh, uh, of Isaiah as being very clear about the idea that the Messiah would would come, yes, as a conquering king, right. but most importantly, as a real prominent place mm-hmm. in the teaching of Isaiah. Suffering, uh, it, it is impossible to read Isaiah 53 without concluding uh, that, that from God's beautiful. perspective, yeah. suffering plays an integral part in his plan to save humanity. And so we, we read about suffering. We read about this servant role uh, uh, that that the servant, the, the Messiah would come. Yes, he would ultimately be a conquering king uh, of the kingdom of God, of true Israel, the people of God throughout all of history from every race and tribe and language group. Uh, he would be the conquering king and Messiah, the king of, of the word Israel. But, he, but he's also... Um, a suffering servant. And that's what Jesus kept trying to impress the people during his ministry. They wanted him to overcome Rome and mm-hmm. conquer Rome and lead them to a, a new age of, of a golden age and so on as a nation. But he said that my kingdom is not of this mm-hmm. world. You've got to understand yeah. this, that I'm coming to accomplish right. something the redemptive plan of God depends on a suffering servant. And you get the idea that, uh, like you said at the beginning, of, you know, you like to see how things work and how they, what what makes sense and why. Mm-hmm. Historian, he knew the scripture, he knew his people's history, and then you have that vision at the beginning, and everything, and and it's as if that, I mean, that that vision was God sharing with him. This is how it works. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is, is the, and everything in his writing is points back to that. Okay, there is has to be an atonement. There has to be pointed to, and this a savior. Messiah, a savior. There, mm-hmm. It all points. There's got to be, and um, and so it's you know all that he lived through and all of the warnings that he gave. You know Hezekiah and the Assyrians and to to not be afraid. Of, um, that was. Yes, that was important, and that was vital as far as what was happening in the world around them. But it it was just pointing to 
their future yeah. uh, that he is going to preserve us that the, there's the the rim not the remnant in this one but the stump right uh-huh. that jesse yeah he says that in chapter six that uh, a shoot from- it's a beautiful, beautiful chapter. I wish we could read it all again, I even know. here on the, the air. Whole- if you haven't read mm-hmm. Isaiah chapter 6 in a while, it is a remarkable calling of God. He sees God in his mm-hmm. holiness and his righteousness. Right. He catches that vision of a holy and just yes. and righteous God. And it it, it causes him yes. immediately to say, woe is me. I, oh, I, it's I, beautiful. He becomes and then, aware of his own yes. shortcomings. And then, though, in Isaiah 9, for unto us a child is yes. born. Just three chapters later, he realizes, though, that this glory, this magnificent, this, uh, he really, I he, can see oh, why yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he understood, he, he figured out how there's it works. Another, <laughs> there's another aspect of that. He figured out how it works. In, uh, um, substitutionary atonement, he understood that the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Savior would have to suffer. Mm-hmm. And he clearly points that out mm-hmm. uh, in so many different places. Isaiah 53 is just one of the most right, beautiful by his stripes and most healed. remarkable uh-huh. passages. Um, but also there's another aspect that he saw clearly, and that is he was not, he was not uh, how can I say it, ethnocentric. Mm-hmm. He understood Israel. Right. Uh, many times the people of Israel... They would grow very ethnocentric in their understanding of God and God's plan, which would have and they think been, it was all about them. Right, which would have probably been pretty easy to do yeah, since they're trying so. to survive in the middle of all of these other, yeah. you know. But it's the same but, thing that we as Americans do right, today. We think right. America is the center of the map. Mm-hmm. Every globe, every map you see, it's America is <laughs> right in the middle, of course, because <laughs> right. that's our perspective. Mm-hmm. If you go to the so same that, way, mm-hmm, right. but the point is, is that Isaiah had a view. Not only of Israel, he understood Israel's role right. and if, if, that they had failed in it and that they were going to suffer the consequences. But he he warns Moab, he warns Assyria, mm-hmm. he warns Babylon. That's he right. want, he he has a broad vision of God's redemptive plan, right. and that's something I think that we need to nurture ourselves today mm-hmm. and understand. If we want to understand our world, mm-hmm. China and Russia and Iraq and Iran mm-hmm. and all these different and the situation that Isaiah moved in. Mm-hmm. Our nation too is, we're 200 over 200 years old now. We've got uh, you know, our time is passed and the, mm-hmm. the, the torch is going to be passed perhaps to another nation, another mm-hmm. empire, another great worldwide power, global power or the, we don't know what's coming, but it seems mm-hmm. like to, Isaiah will help us to kind of get a sense of, okay, how do we interpret the times we're living in? Mm-hmm. It can really be super helpful in that in that particular way. So uh, we'll, we'll come back. We're going to, by the way, we're going to give away. We have another set of these books, God Understands. And it's a series of books that talk about uh, all the different circumstances of life. When you feel life is death and your own, you're sensing your own mortality, uh, when you have doubts about the Lord, this has got uh, passages of Scripture that come to bear on each of these very deep very common questions that we have, mm-hmm. offering comfort and hope from the scriptures. So we have a full set of these books, and I'd love to give them to our listeners. If you want to call this evening and be a part of the program in any way, uh, I'll try to find a way to reward you with one of these uh, <laughs> one of these sets of books. God understands. So give us a call five. So we're going to take a break here and just. Whenever that you hear the music, <laughs> it's going to happen. I know it is. And when we come back, you're going to tell us about another book. Yeah, let's do that. So. Our good friend, uh, 
uh, uh, Jacob, who was our co-host with me for a number of years here on the program, uh, has written a book called uh, A Jew Unconceals the New Testament. As you know, people say that the, the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed. The new, the, no, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed, yes. right? Yes. Okay. Well, he has written, A Jew Unconceals the Scriptures, the New Testament. And he's one of the few scholar, Jewish scholars I know that has seriously looked at the, at the New Testament from that Hebrew-Jewish perspective. And it is a remarkable book. And he's got it written now. He's working on the, the pu- last details of the publishing. We want you to know about it. He's been on the program with me many times. I think it's a book that you would really want to have in your library. We'll come back maybe talk about a little bit more in a bit. But uh, right now we've got to take a break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. I believe that you are my fortress. Oh, you are my portion. You are my hiding place. Oh. back and I hit the wrong button. John's going to get me out of this mess, though. I I did it again, Stacey. Can you believe it? After all these years, you wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. You would think. We'll finish it a cappella. Okay, a duet, father daughter duet. (laughs) Well, now with the book of Isaiah. Now all all of our readings this week came from the book of Isaiah, chapters fifteen. Through 39. So we're, we're essentially going to try to cover those first 39 chapters, the theme of, of God's judgment, the, mm-hmm. the righteous, uh, just judgment of God, uh, and, and the, the role that judgment and suffering play in our experiences. It is no, there's no doubt that suffering plays a role in the redemptive plan of God. And nobody likes it, but we're told in the New Testament, mm-hmm. rejoice. When you're counted worthy to 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 join in the sufferings of Christ, mm-hmm. we uh, be glad in your suffering and your difficulties. Because talks about that, refining our faith mm-hmm. like like pure gold mm-hmm. or silver, and so uh, that that becomes a part of this uh, book. Is also it, it's uh, it's really just impossible to read Isaiah 53 as we mentioned before that without seeing from God's perspective that suffering 
plays an integral, integral part in God's plan to, to save us, to save humanity. Uh, it, it actually says that it was the, God's good plan to crush him. I mean, in other words, we're seeing 53. That goes beyond our chapter, our readings of 39. But the, the theme of suffering is clear, too, in, in that God is bringing about suffering in the, with the people of Israel to purify them, to call them to repentance, to cause them to be aware of him, aware of their covenant relationship with him. So uh, suffering, and, and I think, I guess that's why the book of Hebrews tells us that we should we should be glad. God mm-hmm. only disciplines those he loves, his mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. And so we should not saying that, and, and I know it sounds a little weird, but... Uh, if we see from God's perspective, sure, right. we'll, we'll get we'll get less discipline for one, <laughs> yes. and and when we do, we we benefit from it. We learn young people as you raise them. Boundaries, they they say they them. they want boundaries. Uh-huh. They want clarity. They'll push the envelope, right. and, but then they need their parents to right. to make. Well, you know, I mean, that's what the books say. I, 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 I'm still not a, a, an expert on child rearing, yeah. Stacy, uh, as you will well, well know. Well, you raised a perfect one. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you're Scotty, an expert. What, what do you want to say about Isaiah? What, what, as you read it, as you listen to it, what jumps out with you? Well, yeah, I mean, you were in the break, you mentioned that first chapter in Isaiah, which actually wasn't in this week's reading either. That was just uh, two weeks ago. But mm-hmm. um, and there are some harsh, um, really harsh mm-hmm. kind of words that are from the Lord that are that Isaiah speak. It's a little bit jarring in a way. Um, and it does make you I think that the thing that you would want to be wary of is if that doesn't mean anything to you. If you read that and immediately are humbled by it and and in awe sort of of that and introspective and do a, a little bit of a check on mm-hmm. your system, check on, then um, I, I think, um, you know, to, I guess it's kind of the the sort of a religious a piousness that would mm-hmm. and spirit. Um, that was it, the interesting thing about the people of Israel in, in, in yes, this era. Because it, and I used to not understand it exactly. It was like a total puzzle to me. How could they do that? How could they? They're doing all these terrible wrong things, disobeying mm-hmm. pity right. and piety, and right. they still have all these uh, rituals and all these right. things. And and I and I used to, but now I I know I've yes. done it myself. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, well, now I realize children, it's so easy to yes. slip into that just uh, checking a, off the boxes. And it's you very know? much a childish thing to do. I mean, um, a chi- children might, um, you know, very, you know, if I, so I have a son. And when he wants in these other ways, he'll be very buttery and all this. Very helpful. Very helpful and all these. Can we take the trash out? Yes. Knowing (laughs) full well, though, that, you know, he's disobeying or doing. And we all have seen, like, okay, what do you want? What have you done? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you see that it's like, you know, with with Israel there. And God's response to that is, Mm -hmm. no, I I don't want sacrifice. That that instance is like, it's disgust me. And uh, I want a obedience obedience um, the, I, I was looking at some verses you know um, well you, you'll recognize God's commands to Israel we read Leviticus we learned learned about all the different offerings and the sacrifices they were to present to God and so right. on but it wasn't just ritual it wasn't just a performance it was here expressions of faith and love and devotion to God uh, and worship 
And uh, here he says, listen to the Lord, you leaders of Sodom. Mm. Mm, That Mm -hmm. must have really hurt. Listen to the law of our God, people of Gomorrah. What makes you think I want all your sacrifices, says the Lord? I am sick of your burnt off bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to worship me, who asks you to parade through my courts with all your ceremony? Stop bringing me your meaningless gifts. The incense of your offerings disgust me. As for your your celebrations of the new new moon and the Sabbath and your special days for fasting, they are all sinful and false. I want no more of your pious meetings. My lands. I mean, this is... I have to right. preach this, right. this message. And, and, um, but also in terms of we do have to realize that God looks upon the motive and the heart mm-hmm. as much as upon the performance. Mm-hmm. When, there's, when there's a genuine uh, behavior and performance that comes out of our devotion to him and our humility before the Lord and a heart of, 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 of humility and brokenness before him, uh, then it comes to God and to us. But if that if that's just show, mm-hmm. and and then but, but on the other side we're doing all these things that God doesn't want us to do, right. is we need to hear as believers in this country, mm-hmm. uh, is to get honest and get sincere and get transparent before the Lord, and, and broken mm-hmm. brokenness is is. And I think that that's where uh, Isaiah is so. Uh, that is what is unique about Christianity and the gospel and, of course, Isaiah's message is that brokenness, get broken, which we all kind of fear that. We so- and uh, and yet Isaiah says, no, we are called to be broken, to be, but, but we are, I, he is not calling you to anything more than he himself is willing to do. Mm-hmm. In other words, wow. um, he is the ultimate broken <laughs> sacrifice. Uh. And so that's what I think is so sweet about Isaiah and, and, and well, about the Lord and about his message through Isaiah. Thing of the hands there, you know, there he's, he definitely has some harsh words, but it's always, uh, he, it is always mixed with, um, but, but no, lift your head up or, uh, or no, but be, be clean or, uh, come to, or by his stripes, you are healed. Um, in other words, he is so in our suffering and in whatever we might be going through, he's going to be going through it so much, you know, so much more mm, so. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'm oh, yeah, grasping that's a, a, that very remarkable. well. Remarkable. God but. has, in terms of, we, we make a lot of biblical influence uh, over business and, and, and uh, corporations and so on. But nowadays, we uh, much, is, much is made of the idea of servant leadership. We use that phrase a lot, servant leadership, even in corporate America and in businesses, leading by serving instead of dictating uh, things that should be done. Uh, and the nation of Israel was God's original servant leader. They were commissioned uh, to reveal God's glory to the nations around them and to be in the midst of paganism and idolatry all around them. But they were to try. They were to be an influence for God. And in some ways and sometimes they were by God's grace and his empowering. Uh, most of the time, though, they, they they tended to be more influenced by the nations around them than influencing them and changing them. And they took on the sins and the weaknesses of those other cultures. Now, Jesus Christ, on the other hand, served the whole world by his voluntary submission to death on the cross. When you think about the second person of the Godhead, I mean, of God, 
very nature. And he humbles himself, as Paul says in chapter 2 of Philippians. Mm -hmm. And even to humble himself and to live under the mandate of faith, live a perfect life of faith and trust and obedience and submission to the Father. And then he who knew no sin becomes sin. What? I mean, uh, it, it's breathtaking when you when you take it seriously and consider it. And so, uh, you know, Isaiah is calling forth this servant mentality and attitude to the people of Israel. That's what they were to do. And he's saying that there will be... I, I love that the, the sixth chapter of Isaiah is his calling uh, to ministry. And it talks about his vision of God, his holiness, his goodness. And, and then when he sees God, he sees him, himself and all his need and all of his weakness and all his frailty. And he says, woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people. Of-. And think about God's provision. It's a, it's a burning coal touching his lips. Mm-hmm. We were talking about suffering. Right, right, right. <laughs> that, that's, uh, ow, yeah, no doubt about it. And yet uh, that was God's provision there. Right. That, and and then uh now the guilt of your uh you, your guilt is removed your sins are forgiven no and and i think kind of, i would think the climax of this vision of the, is when isaiah says here am i send me mm-hmm. yes go and say to this people listen carefully but do not understand watch closely but learn nothing harden the hearts of these people plug their hearts as they harden their hearts against the truth and against god's word that that's his part in hardening their hearts. Mm-hmm. That way you will not see uh, with their eyes, nor hear with their ears, nor understand with they will not see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn to me for healing. Uh, Lord, how long will this go on? Until their towns are empty, everyone away, and the entire land of Israel lies deserted. If even a tenth, a remnant, survive, it will be invaded again and burned. And, uh, wow. As a terabith uh, oh, seed. And so out of that will come, you know, the Messiah and, and, you know, Israel, again, reborn, the people of God. God always has a remnant, and, and he is not finished until he's finished. Mm-hmm. And when the last one is redeemed and saved, and uh, I don't know when that is, when the harvest, uh, I, I know Josh McDowell used to talk about uh, diminishing returns. Yes. And he talked about as long as the God, God the harvest will go on, mm-hmm. but Eventually, one thing I've always thought, Stace, is eventually in this world, evil and sin will have to win. Evil will have right. Evil, evil will win. Why? I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about biblical prophecy here. I'm just think, looking at logically that uh, if you have and not eternal, right? Not yeah. If you have two right. teams playing a football game, and one team is keeping all the rules and abiding by, the, but the other team is breaking every rule constantly. They're cheating and they're. Do- well, right. the game, uh, but God has put in place some mitigating factors. He's put culture groups and languages and right. so, that kind of mitigate against the whole. Yeah, uh, Tolkien, huh. the, the Battle of the Five Armies. Remember in yes. the Hobbit, um, or even when the orcs, uh, the the two competing um, orcs. Met up with each other and then they fought each other and Pippin and Mary were able to escape. anyway. Yeah, sorry, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah all of those stuff. themes. But are, Tolkien picks up on that too. Yeah, and, he picks up on that concept. Mm-hmm. The Book of Isaiah is very relevant, very important for God's people today to understand this perspective. The central point 
of humanity the central point of history. If, if, if the more we commit ourselves mm -hmm. to being a part of and supporting and aiding and participating and contributing to the redemptive plan of God, that's where the blessings will fall, and that's mm -hmm. where God's protection will become. If we okay. turn out that we're not, then then we can be removed mm -hmm. and we'll be mm -hmm. set aside in another group. Now, we, and often. <laughs> we don't always know who it's going to be. Like you said earlier, we're all yeah. turned out to be Babylon. And it's very, and that's so very, also very upside down. You, you hear that, the upside down kingdom, and that's very upside down in terms of... What does of, that mean? Well, uh, in other words, it's it's the morality or what might be doing good is going to look a certain way, and maybe it's kind of the obvious, and God just has a way of flipping all of that upside down and just saying, nope, my ways are... What is the verse? Mm -hmm. My ways are higher, higher than, than your ways, ways. my understanding. A little, um, uh, you know, a little child born in a manger, mm -hmm. and actually is the Messiah, the <laughs> king of the universe. <laughs> the exactly. Old, or what you might think is suffering and just the worst possible thing that could ever happen to you is actually, you know, what blessings maybe that rise. Blessings in, disguise. in disguise. Blessings in disguise. And uh, you get that sense, you know, um, mm -hmm. here it would be a suffering servant. He would be bruised. He would be wounded for our transgressions, but blind. Unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer, and those mm -hmm. who cannot speak will sing for joy. Mm -hmm. And so Isaiah, I think, really understands and, and certainly can write about, like very mm -hmm. few other writers, a, a piece of hot coal burning in your lips instead becomes the most beautiful moment of mm -hmm. affirmation and forgiveness and calling that uh, a mm -hmm. person could ever experience. And so I, I see what just, you mean. Yes, turns things upside he turns down. Turns things yeah. upside down, and um, and I think that thing. So, uh, oftentimes, these years are a lot of changing diapers, and we hear this a lot. But you know, we do those things unto the Lord, and um, and seemingly as if with without glory, without any kind of um, recognition, and yet who knows what God is actually working through you and doing in the small things in the small ways. Um, might seem small, and yet he takes. I don't know. Oh yeah, it, 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 it's just entirely what you said that God's ways, His understanding, ways are deeper. But I, I do want to say there that that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. That that doesn't mean we shouldn't wrestle with the hard concepts, right. the sovereignty of God as opposed to the free will of man, and the deep questions uh -huh. about sure mm -hmm. and the way He acts and the iron. Uh, I, I was telling the men and women this morning in, in, in this class, I had 127. I gave them a 30-minute sort of question and answer period, okay. <clears throat> which we don't always do because we have a, a great curriculum. And we so I said, well, maybe you'd like to take some. And, and um, They had a lot of questions. Oh, man. Oh, that's and great. did they have good questions? Good. They They started off a little shy, the first, you know, three or four meaningful mm -hmm. answers, not just pat answers or, you know, Quote a verse at them and that's it. Mm -hmm. But trying to explain mm -hmm. uh, the the way things work, mm -hmm. boy, they just began to just mm -hmm. raise their hands, mm -hmm. and I had to in, ultimately cut it off so we could. Get. I understand that God's ways are higher than ours. Mm -hmm. I understand that we'll never entirely comprehend by. Well, I, I don't even know if the word entirely fits. We, the world we live in, and what's going on, 
is so different from ours. He dwells in eternity. Right. He dwells in a, yeah. a realm, a spiritual eternity. Now, our world is real. I mean, he's created it. This is the, the we live in time and space. We experience life sequentially, one thing after the gen. And, and I think it brings us to a little bit of a holy humility, Stacy. Mm-hmm. Your, your big brother has taught me this a lot in discussions that sometimes we as Christians, we claim to know too much, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we, we have it all wrapped up and it's all just in a verse and some history of, of God and his, and his being and his plan and so on. We can delve into it. We can try to understand how things really work mm-hmm. and what things really mean mm-hmm. uh, in, in this world. And I think that's what the prophets did. Evidently, mm-hmm. they went so high and so far in with God that they began to see their world as God saw it. And Isaiah, this, he reign, began his ministry, Isaiah did, just as Assyria and the Persians were making their westward expansion. Mm. So, so that was his setting. And he saw it, and he knew it, he understood it. Uh, I, I, um, this was pre and the redemptive plan of God and the Messiah and the role of Israel in that. Right. And it, just an astounding yeah. work. And it was an interesting, so not only, though, was it a critical thing mm-hmm. as well. So we're not just called to understand, to, to yeah. understand and to dream, but it also to, to then go and to speak the words that might be uncomfortable. Or for Hezekiah, you know, to not be afraid of the Assyrians, to not to, I mean, hundreds of the army were dead. And they like, okay, they we're nothing. gone. We're going <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to leave to trust the Lord. So not only to understand, but to also then actively um, walk that out by yeah. by faith. And I think that's my biggest prayer for my life is just to give me that. Um, just even if I yeah. and to uh, you know to understand. Yes, the revelation is just beautiful and wonderful. <clears throat> but when it comes to those actual steps of obedience, to just help me to trust you. That's what leads to understanding, actually. Mm. Oh, right. Interesting. Did understanding or faith go? Which... Sinned once in his entire life, but who understands evil better right. than Jesus? That's right. Yeah. Oh. I have a phone number, 210-340-9585. If you'd like to call, give us a call, be a part of the program, and we'll get to you a set of these books, God Understands, as a gift to... For being a part with us and joining with us. So give us a call, is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
saying about Elvis? Well, I just said that Tuesday is the 45th anniversary of his passing. Is that right? Wow. This coming Tuesday? Yes. August 16th. Interesting. 45 years ago. Yes. And he was 42 years old when he died, Mm -hmm. so he would be 87. 87. Hmm. Can you imagine an 87-year-old Elvis? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I did something I forgot to mention last week, last Sunday, I think, yes, last Sunday was what they called Tish B'Av, okay. the ninth, in, in Hebrew, it's the ninth day of the month of Av, A-V. Mm-hmm. Tish, and interestingly, a, a long string of negative, disastrous things happened to Israel on that day. Mm-hmm. And, and it, like both times that the temple was destroyed mm-hmm. in Jerusalem, first mm-hmm. by the Babylonians and later by the Romans. Mm-hmm. Both on the Tish, Tish B'Av, okay. uh, ninth of of, of it. And, and then there's a long, another long series of things, even through the last two thousand years as well, through uh, secular history that has happened to Israel. It's, it's I, I don't know why I bring that up. I, I just um, I happen to know it. <laughs> well, it's a remarkable. It kind of moment. keeps in uh, the theme of Isaiah. I just I love that Isaiah was a historian. Mm-hmm. He was a yeah. a uh, I mean by by trade I guess that's what he he was a historian and I I I do think he is one of the most beautiful writers yes. of scripture and I love that uh, I mean what a, the irony talk about upside down God gives a historian. The prophecies, <laughs> <You know? laughs> right? Yeah, he He's did got have both a, past and present, really. Yeah, <laughs> he had a clear view of his current reality. Yes. He knew Assyria. He saw. He understood the the powers and the movements of uh, his world, uh, without a doubt. And and uh, he warns the nations around Israel for for their uh, oppression of God's people and their rejection of the message of the true and living God. Uh, it just, but most of all, uh, uh, the greatest, the greatest clarity though about Isaiah is he had a clear view of the redemptive plan of God. Yeah. And he just, uh, and of the Messiah, mm-hmm. that the Messiah would not only be a conquering king and so, but, but right. a, a suffering servant. Mm-hmm. So his, uh, and you read some of these passages, Isaiah 53, of course, is, comes to everybody's mind. But you read some of these passages, and they're just so remarkable. Uh, Jesus himself quoted quite often these passages. And uh, I don't, yeah. Where is that chapter where he talks about John the Baptist yes. in the New Testament? Where there's a time when John the Baptist questions. Right. Are you the Messiah? Uh, is Jesus? Are is, you really the Messiah? The, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know what brought that about. I mean, I don't know. Was it a momentary a moment of doubt or confusion on his part or whatever? And maybe he needed a confirmation, and you know, he was already in prison, so he sent his followers to ask Jesus, "Where is that? Uh, do you have it there?" Yeah, well, it's in Luke uh, okay. chapter seven, uh-huh. and uh, it had the disciples of John the Baptist told John about everything Jesus was doing. So John called for two of his disciples, and he sent them to the Lord to ask him, "Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else?" John's two disciples found Jesus and said to him, John the Baptist sent us to ask, are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? 
And uh, and at that very time, I'll just go ahead, I guess, Jesus cured many people of their diseases, illnesses, and evil spirits, and he restored sight to many who were blind. And so he told John's disciples, go back to John and tell him what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. And uh, that is Jesus quoting Isaiah 35, 5, where Isaiah says, And when he comes... He will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer, and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. And so he's, uh, Jesus is, and the deaf will hear that, the blind will see, the lame will walk. Yeah. And uh, so he, I mean, he's clear, he's saying, yes, yes, I am. You don't have to look for anybody else. <laughs> yeah. Not only not only did Jesus do these things, right. and there are signals and signs of his own compassion and his his power, that the, the mm-hmm. he, uh, of course, authority. he did these. We have to remember, he says, "I don't do anything of my own, own power, my own initiative, my own prerogative." As God, he did all all of those things. He did, he did, by the power of the Father and the Holy Spirit working in and mm-hmm. through his life. He didn't, re- he didn't rely on his own credentials as God to do anything. Mm-hmm. John chapter five tells us that very clearly. Jesus walked entirely and totally dependent on the Father and the Son. So he did these things under the influence and in the empowerment of the Father uh, and God as a, as a man, a man of faith. Mm-hmm. And um, so he tells him, you know, just tell him what you see. You know, the lions, what, what a great thing, what a great answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, it's just uh, astounding. But, but Isaiah saw him. He saw him before. Jesus, the Messiah, had to do those things. That, that's you know sometimes we think well yeah it was Jesus his compassion and so on and so on but the, the Messiah had to do those if he hadn't if he didn't do those things he he couldn't have been the Messiah because mm-hmm. Isaiah tells us the Messiah is going to do this <laughs> right. and and um, you know it kind of looks a little different when you look at it from the front part and say well he's got to do these things. Uh, it, you think of Jesus wringing his hands, going, "Man, I got to raise the dead. I, gotta, you know, I don't know how." <laughs> right. but, but no, no, he walking under the power and the enabling of the Father and the Spirit. Yeah. Uh, he knew who he was. He had the confidence, and 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 he trusted God and moved out in faith. And God acted mm-hmm. to support His Son in His role of the suffering servant, the Messiah. Oh, there's so many we could mention about the. You know, you'll, I'll give you a sign, a virgin will conceive, and, uh, and so on. Uh, now, what was happening here, and this is a theme that you have to look in, in the present tense, what Isaiah was looking at, was that they were living in a, a time of transition, the power uh, of the, the, the world, the civilized world of that time. Right. Uh, it kind of rotated around Israel. It started in Egypt and it went up to Aram, you know, with their, uh, Damascus was their capital. Remember, Aram was a great power in the, even in the time leading up to David. Uh, mm-hmm. Aram, uh, he, he, he conquered them and got rid of their, remember, uh, Elijah was right. told to go and, and, and uh, uh, anoint the mm-hmm. next king of Aram. Mm-hmm. So it moved okay. from Aram, and then it moved over to Nineveh as the capital of Assyria. Mm-hmm. So they became the great power. So and it, during the time of uh, Isaiah, 
Assyria was the great power. They were they were the ones that conquered and destroyed Israel in the north, the ten northern tribes, mm-hmm. and they they came down and threatened Hezekiah, as mm-hmm. you already mentioned. And what chapters is that written in, uh, where he, uh, he he they record the uh, their deliverance from. Uh, Assyria. From Assyria, yes, you know where the the uh, the mm-hmm. lepers go out and they don't have any food <laughs> and and they they decide well let's just go into the enemy's camp uh, and chapter thirty six I guess it is yeah Sennacherib threatens comes down the Assyrian king threatens uh, Jerusalem uh, from the north and they come down and Hezekiah seeks the Lord's help he turns to prayer and Isaiah predicts Judah's deliverance. And then, of course, they are delivered uh, by this miraculous uh, deliverance from from this huge army, 185,000, if I remember correctly. So we see all of these things taking place. And I, I, what was I getting at? The point there is that Isaiah, the, this, the power was now shifting, though, from Assyria, Nineveh, it was going to shift over to Babylon. Mm-hmm. And then even after Babylon, there would be the, the Medo-Persians. Mm-hmm. They would conquer uh, the, the uh, Babylonian emperors. And so Isaiah was seeing all of this and, and telling the people. That's why they were telling the people of Israel, Isaiah and then Jeremiah, who mm-hmm. follows him, they were telling the people of Israel, give in to Babylon. Mm-hmm. Don't resist them. Why? Why would they be saying that? R- remember, Babylon had a favorable view of Israel. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar himself mm-hmm. uh, saw God's power through Daniel and others. Mm-hmm. Uh, the three, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they had seen God's power, and they had been heavily influenced by the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, mm-hmm. uh, Babylon was. And they, they saw favorably, they looked favorably with some uh, compassion on mm-hmm. Israel. Mm-hmm. And so I, Isaiah and Jeremiah were both saying, you know, give in to them, yield to their, submit to their mm-hmm. uh, governance over you and so on. And yet they just wouldn't do it. They kept rebelling against it. And, of course, it led to their demise, mm-hmm. uh, the, the destruction of the temple and Jerusalem and exile 70 years and so on. But that's the that's the the political military rea- reality that was behind Isaiah and Jeremiah's preaching and telling them, give in, don't resist, mm-hmm. give it, because uh, sometimes we read that with it. Well, what were they? They give in, and re- don't resist, and they were thinking of the welfare and the well-being of the people of mm-hmm. the nation. Mm-hmm. That uh, if they would do that, then they their suffering would be far far mitigated and far less. Uh, but they didn't, and so they went through the hardships that they did, mm-hmm. as God had promised. But um, this, and Isaiah is leading up. Now, Isaiah is not as close. He's over 100 years before okay. the actual fall of... Uh, right. Of, so they were not contemporaries, Isaiah and Jeremiah. No, Jeremiah came after him. Quite a bit after Jeremiah is the one that had, I think, in some ways... He seemed to have the really tough job oh, yeah. because Isaiah was further out, and he was telling them, and he would. I, I mean, both of them took great courage, but uh, as we've always said, God never issues judgment 
unless he warns. Mm-hmm. And he started so way up front warning. warning. Isaiah was warning them, <laughs> telling them. Was, um, and Jeremiah was too, but he was closer. So, oh, yeah. And in he fact, is the end of Jeremiah's ministry was the day Jerusalem was destroyed. Mm-hmm. And he was kidnapped by these rebels and taken up down to Egypt where he died, they, they say. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jeremiah was the 40 years leading up to the actual destruction of Jerusalem. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, did Isaiah. I say Isaiah? Jeremiah. Jeremiah was the But Isaiah, Isaiah's ministry took place. And, and do you remember how... I wonder if any of our listeners remember or, or think they remember or have the idea of how uh, Isaiah died. Does anyone it's know? Pretty, Maybe they'd it's give us a memorable. call. Yeah, it's a memorable so. <laughs> way of dying oh. for sure. Uh, the Jewish tradition tells us, uh, and that seems to be a little support even from the scriptures, the idea of how Isaiah uh, met his, uh, went on to glory, went his home going, I, I guess we'd call it. How did Isaiah die? die? If you'd like to give us a an answer to that question, and we'd love to give you a copy of this series of books, God Understands. Give us a call, 210-340-9585. Does anyone remember how Isaiah died? All right. Any details you can tell us, that'll be great. We'll, we'll, we'll need to know that as well, how his ministry actually ends. But we're just going now through chapter 39, and those are the chapters that deal with God's warning to uh, people in the north, Israel, until they were destroyed and taken away to uh, to Judah in the south and to Babylon, to Moab. He issues warnings to all of these nations as well. About. Would um, I have a question? Mm-hmm. Would those in the south, so would would Judah, would they have had um, family still or mm. close friendships with those in the the north, um, Israel and um, and Samaria? Or had there had how long had they been split at that? Well, point? they split in what was it? We uh, we often go through that in somewhere around nine seventy. Okay, and, and so two hundred years, years, I guess. Okay, so this would be mm-hmm, two hundred fifty years. A, maybe. That's a pretty. That's a lot of generations. Yeah, it's a lot of generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now they split, but they a lot of the times of the kings. There was a great effort being made, exerted, especially on the part of Judah in the south, mm-hmm. to kind of woo the ten tribes back and to, to unify mm-hmm. uh, Israel again. Uh, and that's one of the things that created the problem that they came up with Ahab and Jezebel. Mm-hmm. They, right. In their zeal to try to bring the country together, they, he, let, he encouraged his son to marry uh, the daughter of Jezebel. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it became a disaster. So, uh, so there, I suspect there were still links. I I don't know that. I think you get hints of it in the scriptures that maybe it's similar there, to America and Britain and England links. I mean, it's been mm-hmm. yeah, something like that. Maybe uh-huh. I don't know. Just. Yeah, uh, okay. to, to Western civilization, to European uh, mm-hmm. cultures, and mm-hmm. so on, uh, but. There's also a very important passage in Isaiah, chapter 14, that we could look at. This is where uh, Isaiah 14, and then we see it as well in Ezekiel, chapter 28. Where do we get the idea that Satan was a um, 
uh, an angel, mm -hmm. that he was uh, um, angel. Um, one of the archangels. Mm -hmm. uh, we have th uh, three, I guess, archangels. They are kind of commanders in the, in the uh, army of God, the, of angels. There's Gabriel, the messenger. There's uh, um, Michael. Michael, the warrior. And then we have Lucifer, who was uh, evidently uh, supervised the... the it looks like we're 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 reading into the text uh the the in the, in the very presence of God he was kind of a personal attache a personal attendant to God in his throne and so Lucifer and yeah you know, it talks about beauty mm -hmm. uh jewels he was bedecked with jewels and beauty and we think of art and music and things mm -hmm. like that that, the that, led the that yeah led the worship uh, uh, around the throne and so mm -hmm. on and so that's thought of but then uh, the idea is that he he fell mm -hmm. into sin and pride which is an interesting concept is that the angels could did have free will mm -hmm. they had the ability to rebel against the creator only there was no redemptive plan. There was no potential and possibility of redemption because they had seen God up close. They had actually seen God, not just Although Adam and Eve had, though, but, as well. But they had, well, um, we're not exactly, not in the same sense, I don't right. think that the angelic hosts did mm -hmm. I, because they dwell in the spiritual dimension and realm, mm -hmm. whereas Adam and Eve, they sensed God. They God knew His presence right. and so on. But I'm just, uh, I, I think that they, uh, uh, Lucifer saw, and so when they fell, they were, it was not like they fell because they, oh, oh, I now I get it. Now I understand. I was right. misunderstood. Right. So there's no repentance. There's no turning back. Uh, but in this Isaiah chapter 14, we're, it's where we get that idea because in chapter 14, verse uh, 12, 12 he starts off talking to uh, the emperor of Babylon, condemning him. But somewhere in there, you can see in his message, he changes tone. And all of a sudden, he's not talking about an earthly emperor, an earthly king at all. He's talking about the supernatural, spiritual power behind that, that wicked emperor. Yeah. And that's where we get the idea. He says, you, you fell. You, you f there was pride within you. How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You've been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far, far away to the north. I will claim to, climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Instead, you will be brought down to the place of uh, the dead down to its lowest depths. Mm -hmm. And that's that and Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel does the same thing, but he's talking about uh, the king of Damascus, uh, of Tyre and Sidon. Uh, okay. He talks about them and then switches to talk about the spiritual power behind them. And same, same condemnation. Yeah, yeah. Pride was found in you. You were most beautiful. You were this bedecked with jewels. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where we get. And, of course, other places as well. Job talks about Satan. We see Satan in the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. Jesus himself addresses uh, who Satan is and his, what his methods in, are in our lives as God's people. Let's go quickly to our phone. We've got a, 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 someone who's going to take on our invitation to answer the question, how did Isaiah die? Who's on the phone with Ruben. us? Ruben. Ruben. Hi, Ruben. Glad to hear you again. Hi, 
Hey, how's it going? Uh, three weeks in a row now. <laughs> I know, and we're not going to be able to send you the book because I've already got the other books, set of books for you. I'm sorry I didn't get them out this week, but I've got them at home. I had to go buy the package to put them in, and uh, it took me a little while to get around to it. But I will get that, that round to it, and we'll get them to you. I've got you. That, that's okay. How did that's Isaiah, okay. I understand. How did Isaiah die? Do you recall? Uh yeah, wasn't wasn't he killed um, in a battle? No, that's that is Josiah is one king you're talking about. Oh, the young king oh, yeah, Josiah, Josiah was killed in battle uh, for sure in, in a famous battle. In fact, um, I can't, the name doesn't come to me right this moment, but it it was Egypt against uh, Assyria, oh. and, and King Necho of Egypt came north, and uh, Josiah went out to help him. And, yeah, yeah. And he was killed. But uh, let me try to see if I can get it again. Uh, do you know how, do you remember how Isaiah was killed? That's the thing. Uh, I remember there was war. And uh, okay. I remember yeah. what, You're off on the wrong track there, but listen to Stacy. She'll tell you how it happened, okay? Oh. Don't hang okay. it on me. Don't, I mean, keep listening because I want you to know how he was killed. Well, he was, well... He was sawn in half. That's right. <laughs> he was sawn. He was uh, placed in a log, I guess a hollowed out log, and then they and then sawed the log and Isaiah in half. And I get I guess that's kind of the um it's not outright in Scripture, but it's hinted at in the New Testament. Yeah. Uh, so, in the book of Hebrews, it talks a little bit about those who were sawn in half. Uh, you know, and, so on. and it was done by Manasseh, yeah. the Hezekiah. grandson of, I believe, the grandson of Hezekiah. Mm. Wicked, evil leaders and their influence on the people. Well, that's all of the time we have for the Bible Live this evening. We're so glad you listened and, and joined with us. We'll see you next Sunday night here on the Bible Live. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas. 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live, Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.